Oh, it's good to see everybody here this morning. I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you once again. And I want to take the, uh, just this brief moment before we get into a prepared message to talk about what happened this past Wednesday night here. We got together for a time of prayer. We got together during our usual time of Bible study, and the folks who were able to make it, we experienced God moving. We experienced a time of prayer and a time of relationships and joining together and praying for one another, praying for our country, praying for this church, praying for all of our needs together, praying for revival. And we came, I came away with a realization, a realization that all of these things that are taking place in our country right now, all of these revivals that we see happening in the churches, in the colleges, in, in all of these various places spread out throughout. Revival starts there, but true revival only counts when it leaves the church walls and goes out beyond that. And friends, we don't have to just be inside these church walls to pray together. And we don't just have to be inside these church walls to realize the Spirit of God is working in our lives. It's not necessary for us to be here. It starts here. But true revival happens when we get beyond these walls and realize that God is active in our lives every single moment of the day. And it's up to us to stay focused upon that. It's up to us to make sure that we don't lose that spirit when we walk out of here. And I felt the need to say that this morning and share that because we had such a wonderful time and a wonderful moment together here on Wednesday night, just praying for one another and praying for this church and praying for revival. But if it stops there, then it ends. And so remember this morning, that when we walk out of here, not to get wrapped up in the world, not to drop what it is that we have picked up while we're here. Does that make sense? It's up to us to do that. And so I want to just transition from that into our message this morning, because we're going to talk about spiritual maturity. But before I get into spiritual maturity, I want to just reflect a little bit on the message that we had a few weeks ago when I had the opportunity to talk about simplicity. And if you remember, we talked about the, the thief on the cross and we talked about how he was able to come to a saving relationship with Christ in an instant. And so we talked about how simple it is to reach a point of salvation. We talked about how simple it is to develop that relationship with Christ where you instantly know that if you were to die right at that moment that you get to go to heaven. And it got me to thinking about the fact that if it's that simple, we really don't have any excuse not to do that right now. So instead of, of, of calling you to Christ, instead of calling you um, to an, an invitation, which we will do at the end of the service, I just want to make a statement this morning. If you've not made a decision for Jesus Christ, do it now. Take this opportunity and this moment and heed his calling and make that decision for Christ right now. We don't need to wait until we're hanging on a cross moments from death to make a decision for salvation. When we wait, we run the risk of never making that decision. And when we wait, we run the risk 
of, of, of losing out on an opportunity to grow our relationship with God and to experience the wonderful blessings that come from knowing God each and every day and growing and walking with Him. And we rob God of an opportunity to use us each and every day to grow His kingdom and to witness to others. So I got that off my chest. Now I'll get into what I actually prepared to say. We're going to talk this morning about spiritual maturity. <clears throat> spiritual maturity is, um, is something that we all need to experience. Spiritual maturity is the act of growing in Christ. It's the act of becoming more and more like Christ. And we'll talk about that more as we go through here this morning. Um, if you remember, in uh, I think it was in John chapter 3, I believe, Jesus told Nicodemus that you must be born again. In order to be saved, in order to have salvation, you must be born again. So if that's true, and we know that salvation is an act of being born again, then we are a spiritual infant. So it stands to reason that as a spiritual infant, then we would be called to grow and mature into a spiritual adult. So we're going to cover three main points this morning. And those three main points related to spiritual maturity are this. First off, spiritual maturity is not automatic. This is not something that we experience instantly. Second point is going to be that spiritual maturity is a process. It's something that we need to travel through. And the last point that we're going to make is that spiritual maturity is unique to each person. It doesn't look the same in each individual. So let's go ahead and talk about this first point that we want to make this morning about spiritual maturity not being automatic. It would be wonderful if at the moment of salvation, it would be wonderful if at the moment we believe in Jesus Christ, that we are instantly transported to a level of maturity. It would be wonderful if at that point we never sinned again. It would be wonderful if at that point we have a heart that yearns for God. It would be wonderful if at that point we instantly transition into a life of nothing but wanting to be obedient to God and to answer His calling and to do everything that He asks us to do. But that's not how it works. We do not instantly become mature when we make a decision for Christ. It's something that takes time. It's something that we have to work on. And I could give you countless suggestions this morning about ways that we work on that. I could give you a routine to do each and every day. I could say, get up and pray this much. I could say, make sure that each and every day you take time to read your, read your Bible. I could do a whole lot of things. But I like what John Stott said. John Stott made the point that Christians who neglect the Bible simply do not mature. Now, if we use that as our foundation this morning, and we realize that Scripture is inherently necessary for us to mature, then we should be able to figure out everything beyond that. 
We should be able to take what we need from Scripture and use that to grow and use that to mature throughout our Christian walk. So taking that into consideration and realizing that we need Scripture, let's start looking here at 2 Peter 1, verse 3. Bible tells us there that His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us, to his own glory and excellence. Listen, the moment that we become Christians, the moment that we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Peter is saying that God gives us everything we need to mature. God gives us everything that we need to start growing in Christ the moment that we reach salvation. Warren Wiersbe puts it like this. It says, when you are born into the family of God by faith in Christ, you are born complete. God gives you everything you will ever need for life and godliness. Nothing has to be added. Just as a normal baby is born with all the equipment he needs for life and only needs to grow, so the Christian has all that is needed and only needs to grow. Peter elaborates on that as well in the next, next few verses, 2 Peter 1, 5-7. through Peter says, For this reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, and virtue with knowledge, and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Peter is really giving us a, a bit of a blueprint here. Now, these are not stages that we need to go through. Peter is saying that once you have faith, and Peter understands that it's faith that saves you in Jesus Christ, but once you have faith, there are qualities in life that you need to work on. There are qualities that, that, that every believer should, should extol. And he lists seven of them here, and, and he's really saying that, that it's necessary for us to develop all of these simultaneously. We don't move from one to the other to the other to the other. Instead, they develop each other. These are all qualities that, that as we begin to grow and as we begin to mature as a Christian, we should see all of these things grow and, and, and mature in our life. We need to grow and they need to grow and feed off of each other as the Spirit works within us and we cooperate with God. Wiersbe has some things to say on this as well. He says, we develop one quality as we exercise another quality. These graces relate to each other the way the branch relates to the trunk and the twigs to the branch. These qualities grow out of life and out of a vital relationship with Jesus Christ. It is not enough for the Christian to let go and let God. As though spiritual growth were God's work alone. Literally, Peter is writing, make every effort to bring alongside. So in other words, the father and the child must work together. We don't get to just sit in the comfort of our salvation, understanding that we have a guaranteed path to heaven. When we reach that point, we are called to mature, to grow, and to become an instrument of God. 
And we're called to reach out to others and we're called to do things like we see happening right now in this country with revival. We're called to preach, we're called to teach, we're called to simply walk alongside others and say to them, what can we do for you? We're called to approach others and say, how can we pray for you? We're called to at work to take the opportunity to reach out to those around us and say, is there anything you're going through? Any struggles in life? I'm a Christian, I'd like to pray for you. It doesn't take a lot of time and a lot of effort, but all of those things that I just mentioned are things that will not only help those around us and not only spread the love of Christ, but they help us to mature as well. Look at 2 Peter um, 1 verse 8, the very next verse. Peter says, for these qualities are yours and are increasing. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, when you practice these qualities and they grow, and he says they're yours, you have them. These are the things that God gives you when you become a Christian. When you practice these qualities and you grow, it prevents you from being ineffective or unfruitful. And when you're an effective Christian and you are fruitful, that's the definition of being mature. When we're effective for Christ and we're producing fruit in his name, that's the definition of being mature. Let's look at our second point. Spiritual maturity is a process. We are called to begin to work toward the image of Christ. We are called to grow as we walk in our Christian faith and work toward the image of Christ, to become more like him each and every step of the way. I was looking for a definition of a Christian that I thought would, would, would work with our message this morning. And you can find definitions all over the place from just simple Christ-like to uh, those who believe on Jesus to those who are a member of the Christian faith. But I like the one that Focus on the Family has, has put out. Focus on the Family says, the term Christian as we understand it refers to anyone, man, woman, or child who trusts in Jesus Christ as his or her Savior and Lord and, and this is the important part here that we're going to talk about in this section, who strives to follow him in every area of life. We strive to follow him in every area of life. Look at what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3. He said, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. See, the apostle Paul knew that he had not achieved Christian maturity. The Apostle Paul knew that even through all of his experiences, through everything that he had been taught, for everything that he knew, 
before he was converted, when he was Saul and he was persecuting Christians, and he was taught and educated so greatly in scriptures, and then Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus, and he became a Christian, and he was converted, and instantly his heart was changed. And all of the ministry that he had done, all of the preaching he had done, all of the things that he had witnessed, all of the persecutions he had been through, he still was not a mature Christian. He still had a ways to go. He still needed to continue striving. That's the process. So no matter how long you've been a Christian, if you made the decision this morning, or if you made the decision 50 years ago, we're still maturing. We're still working on that process and still growing. Pastor Matt Chandler of the Village Church in Dallas, Texas, has a two-step process. He says, Find what stirs your affection for Christ and fill your life with these things. If you want this process to continue, if you want this process to work, he says, fill your life with the things that stir your affection for Christ. And the second step is, if anything is robbing you of that affection, then put those things to death. If you have things in your life that are pulling away or pulling you away from Christ and pulling you away from getting closer and closer in your relationship, identify those things and put those things to death because they get between you and God. They become idols. They become things that we start to, even though we may not realize it, we start to worship them and put them in a place that only God deserves to be in. Look at Philippians 4.8. Paul says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Paul tells us where we need to focus our attentions. Paul tells us where we need to pay attention, right? He tells us these are the things that we need to look upon, and these are the things that will help us to grow and help us to mature. I just realized that this says it's the fourth point, but it's really the third point. Next slide says four, spiritual maturity is unique to each person. I should have asked you if you all caught it, see if you're paying attention. Spiritual maturity is unique to each person. We grow more and more Christ-like, but in the process, we become the unique person that God means for us to be. Listen, God does not remove our personality, our individualism, our uniqueness as a person, as we become more and more like Jesus. We're going to see different spiritual gifts develop and blossom. We're going to see different ways that the fruit of the Spirit will manifest itself in each and every believer as we mature. See, we don't need to look to a pastor, a church leader, or some Christian celebrity and say, wow, I need to be like him. God has got a unique place for each of us in Christian service. 
And he has a unique way for each of us to develop and grow. And if we're led by the Holy Spirit to go down that path, we're going to find that we develop into this unique person that God wants us to be. And we'll be able to be the unique servant that he has called us to be. That's a part of Christian maturity. So we're going to start to just review some key points here. Spiritual maturity is not automatic. Do not neglect Scripture. In order to further along this process of spiritual maturity, we need to be in Scripture. God gives us all that we need to start maturing. The moment that we reach salvation, we have everything we need. All the tools are there for us to start, develop, and mature as a Christian. And three, Peter calls us in 2 Peter to supplement our faith with the seven qualities that he has listed. Next one. Spiritual maturity is a process. And the goal is to be like Christ. We have to strive each and every day. Every morning when we wake up, the challenges that, that were there the day before are still there. Every day that we try to go out and live our lives, the distractions of the world are here. Satan is still working to try and distract us and pull us away and get our attention away from Christ. He does it subtle ways. He does it in big ways. But he never stops. And it's up to us to strive each day the way that Paul says he is striving each day to continue to grow and grow as a Christian. And three, stay focused on the right things. Stay focused on the things that are of God. Stay focused on the things that lead us in the right direction and keep us going. And finally, spiritual maturity is unique. Remember that God does not remove our personalities as we mature. He wants us to be the unique person that he's called us to be. I mean, take, take a look in Scripture at, at all of the different people who were involved in writing uh, just the New Testament. Look at the apostles. Look at their different personalities. Look at Peter. Look at John. And how when the Holy Spirit moved them to write their unique personalities come through in the scriptures. Their unique form of communication comes through in the scriptures. God does not want to take that away. He uses that individuality that, that, that he allows to mature in each of us to reach different people. And it's a wonderful process. So maturing looks different in everyone. And as we mature... God wants us to be a unique servant. I want to take that idea of uniqueness. And we're going to take that into our invitation this morning. Because since we're all called to be unique, and we all have unique personality, that also means that our relationship with Jesus Christ is unique. The relationship that I have with Jesus is not the same as the relationship that any of you have with Jesus, and your relationship is not the same as the person sitting next to you. 
What's important is that you have a relationship. So if you have not made that decision today, I urge you to make it now. As I said at the beginning, we never know when it's too late. And it's not necessary for us to wait until we're hanging on a cross, about to die, to call upon the name of Christ to save us. He died so that our sins may be forgiven. He died so that we may have eternal life. And that opportunity is here now. So we're going to have a time of invitation. I'm going to ask the musicians to come forward as we pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you this morning. I want to thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to speak this morning. Lord, I want to thank you so much for what we witnessed here and experienced Wednesday night as we were deeply in prayer. Lord, we thank you for, for allowing us to feel your spirit move. Lord, we thank you for the revivals that we are seeing happening. But Father, this morning, it's my prayer that those who have been here this morning and hearing the message of spiritual maturity will understand that it's impossible to mature until you are born. Lord, I do pray that existing relationships are furthered and that we mature and that we grow and that we realize that each and every day we have to make that effort to strive on. But Lord, above all else, I pray that relationships will be started and that decisions will be made for you. Lord, thank you again for so much. Lord, we thank you for what you have done within this church. We thank you for uh, just the freedoms to come here this morning and to be able to worship you and to be able to share your message with all who are in attendance and to be able to share your message with those who are watching online. But again, Lord, it's my prayer this morning that decisions will be made for you and that your kingdom will grow and flourish. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.